0: Welcome to the Servant Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. So as I read the Bible, and I believe I'm probably not the only one, but as I study, I tend to envision myself and how I would have lived, right, in the Bible stories. And it's it's easy to read the stories and think things like, I would have never done that, or I would have made the right choice too. <laughs> and growing up, I would envision myself, and even now, I mean, as you hear the stories again, you know, I envision myself as being like a David or Elijah or Peter, someone courageous and bold for God, right? But people like poor Jonah uh, (laughs) get a bad rap. Nobody ever wants to be Jonah when they grow up. You know, I can't say that I ever wanted to identify with Jonah, the man who ran from God. But as I've gotten older, I've come to realize just how hard it is to walk by faith sometimes and realize that even Jonah sets an example of godly living that is worth aspiring to. And I'll get into what I mean by that. Um, God called a man to a job that he didn't want. If you look at Jonah 1 verses 1 through 3, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Sometimes I think we make the error of believing that being willing to serve God means that we'll like the assignment God gives us. So Jonah's story shows us that sometimes pleasing God goes completely against what feels good to us. Somewhere along the way, I I think the church has internalized the sense that being called by God means feeling led to do something. Oftentimes, feeling led is just a spiritual polishing on the concept of, I do what I want. (laughs) Jonah was called to go to Nineveh, but his feelings led him to a ship in the other direction. So Jonah didn't listen the first time when God told him what to do, and I would wager that we can all relate to that behavior a lot more than some of the other behaviors we see in in our favorite people in the Bible. And yet, despite seeing how Jonah struggled the way that we do, somehow we don't recognize him as a good example that we can relate to. And it's easy when we read the Bible to just overview which people blew it and which people were rocking it, right? And then we've got this hero's column and a loser's column in our mind. And so we just go through labeling hero, loser, hero, <laughs> loser. And when we see the mistakes someone makes, we just label them and move on. Uh, take Doubting Thomas, for example, right? So Jesus, uh, you know, was resurrected from the dead, the disciples uh were together, except for Thomas wasn't there when, when Christ came. And so whenever he heard about it, when he came back to the group, he didn't really um, believe and said that, you know, I won't believe in, unless I can thrust my hand into his side and, and touch the prince in his hands. And um, so we just label him in Thomas, and that's all we know him for. And what a ridiculous label for us to put on Thomas. All of us have probably doubted Christ far more than Thomas ever did. I mean, think about the fact that Thomas, you know, for years left everything he had in life and followed the man Christ um, all the way through his ministry, uh, out into the wilderness with no food, nothing, no provisions, just trusting to listen to Christ. And here he makes this one mistake and He's doubting Thomas. (laughs) And I think we call him doubting Thomas because internally, most of us have a pride that tells us, you know, I'm better than that. And so we obviously need someone of a higher caliber to be my example, certainly not some doubting Thomas. So people like Jonah actually show us how to live when we fall short of obedience. And we don't have the luxury of throwing ourselves away when we mess up the way we do with others when we see them fail. And we have to live with ourselves. We can't just pick out a different story that's more heroic when we turn out to be a doubting Thomas ourselves. God gives us stories like Jonah to show us how to walk through our failures and get to the other side. So like we said, Jonah made a mistake, but but God gets Jonah's attention. Chapter 1 verse 4 says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Jonah knew God was reprimanding his decision to run away, and the consequences of Jonah's sin were not only endangering Jonah, but those who were around him. And so the sailors cast lots, um, and Jonah drew the short straw. So look how he handles the truth, that he's the problem. Chapter 1, 10 through 12 says, Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be common to us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be common to you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Jonah's just like, Well, shoot, this isn't working. My bad, guys. I'm trying to run from God Almighty. It was pretty dumb. (laughs) Just get rid of me and you'll be okay. And it's nuts. I mean, it's awesome that Jonah was able to admit reality for what it was. He stared down a ship full of strong, terrified sailors and said, my fault, this is my fault. (laughs) How many of us are in a storm right now because of our sin with nobody accusing us of anything, and we still can't admit that the failures in our lives are our fault? We just happen to be on the wrong boat. Surrounded by the wrong people, victims of being taken in the wrong direction, caught in bad weather that wasn't in the forecast. Why, God, why? Jonah just grabbed the truth, as unpleasant as it was, and waved it like a flag. Jonah was willing to take the penalty for his actions. In verse 12, it says, And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be common to you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. So Jonah was willing to pay the price for his sin instead of letting the whole ship go down for his cause. And I'm ashamed to say how many times I've clinged to my sins and my wants and let the whole ship go down in my name. I mean, we can scoff at Jonah all day, but it is no small thing to lay down our pride and our sin and say, let me pay the price. Jonah made a mistake, but God corrected him one time. And that's all it took for Jonah to stand up in the truth and get back in line with God. So Jonah goes to Nineveh. And for this message, I don't want to get caught up in the fish. I mean, for a lot of people, that's the only part of the story they know. And the point is, Jonah turned back and walked towards God, and God paved a way for him to do it. God told Jonah to go, and Jonah walked away. God chased Jonah, and Jonah got his act together now. Jonah obediently goes to the great city of Nineveh, and God uses him to change the nation. In chapter 3, verses 3 through 10, it says, So Jonah arose and went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, and proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and satin ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. So this man we so often dismiss was no coward. He walked down the streets of Nineveh and proclaimed the truth of God to his enemies that they may be spared from the wrath of God. He didn't even want them to be saved because, again, they were his enemies. And he wasn't happy when they repented, which you'll see if you read the rest of the story. But Jonah went anyway. So why did Jonah go? Jonah was a servant of God, and he understood that God's will didn't always mean what felt right. Jonah momentarily placed the leading of his feelings over the leading of God, and was so soundly reminded that God meant what he said. God didn't need Jonah's insight about what should be done with Nineveh. He didn't need Jonah to weigh out what would be appropriate. He didn't ask for a vote for mercy versus judgment. God simply told Jonah what to do, and Jonah did it despite his feelings, opinions, or rationalizations. And so, the question today is, are we correctable? I mean, can you imagine how different the world would be if all Christians would engage in their calling after being corrected once by God? I mean, how many times has God said, go, 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 go? And we're just like, nah. God convicts us. Nah. God chastens us with discipline. N- not yet. I mean, we're busy aspiring to be David against Goliath, and we haven't even made it to Jonah yet. We think, when I feel led to face a giant, I will rise to the occasion to be the person God has called me to be. We're never going to make it to the giant because we haven't even faced the scared sailors in our lives yet. And we've got people all around us paying the price for our sins. And we hide and pretend and cover and blame and protect ourselves and what we want. We think our feelings and our ideas and our beliefs about justice are so important that we aren't even budged by the correction of God. Here's the difference between Jonah and a lot of Christians today. Jonah could take a hint. It doesn't matter how many storms God sends to get our attention. We aren't going. It doesn't matter how many times God reveals that we're the problem and the lot falls on us. We aren't going. It doesn't matter how many times God has the fish vomit us up on the shore. We aren't going. We aren't going. God is so patient, and thank God for that. Not only did God forgive Jonah for his mistake, but God wanted to forgive the enemies of his people, which is why he sent Jonah in the first place. But God is patient with those who are correctable, those who repent. Jonah took the hint and was saved. Nineveh took the hint and was saved. Can we take a hint? Or are we just looking for a God who wants to do things our way? Proverbs 28.13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen.